Welcome to the One for the Money podcast. I'm your host, Johnny West. I'm a certified financial planner, and here I will teach you the tips, tricks, and strategies I use to help others retire early. This is the easy button when it comes to early retirement. Everything you want or need to know is right here. I'm so glad you join us on the show. Welcome to episode 51 of the One for the Money podcast. I am so very grateful you've taken the time to listen. It's been said that it's better to give than receive, and I totally agree. Giving to others provides a feeling that is incomparable. But even though giving feels remarkable, it doesn't mean we shouldn't find better ways to give. That's the focus of this episode of the podcast. In the tips, tricks, and strategies portion, I'll share a giving strategy that can help both the giver and the receiver. Well, thank you for listening. Now on with the show. This episode will air in December, which for many is the season of giving. While many people may think of presents around a Christmas tree, it's also the very same month in which the highest amount of money is given to charitable or other 501c3 organizations. According to the Black Bod Institute, in 2021, over 20% of all donations for the year were received in the month of December. The spirit of giving, it seems, is felt by many in December. More generally, here are some interesting data regarding charitable donations. The average age of the giver is 65, so it skews older. Average donation amount is $813, probably higher than many people think. For donations below $1,000, the median donation was $20. And But for donations above $1,000, the median donation was around $2,500. Which types of charities received the most? Well, the environment was the leading receiver of donations at 19.3%, followed by arts and culture at 15.2%, animal welfare at 14.8%, and higher education at 14.5% of all donations. Now, Americans gave an astounding billion to charity in 2020, with 69% of that coming from individuals. That was a big surprise to me. 19% are provided by foundations, 9% are by bequest, and only 4% are provided by corporations. Clearly, the individuals are the most significant contributors at nearly 70% of all the $471 billion contributed in 2020. Now, this data is courtesy of GivingUSA, and I'll put links to all of the information cited in the show notes. What's fascinating is that philanthropic giving is highly correlated to the strength of the stock market. The better the stock market performs, the more charitable contributions. thought that was really interesting. Now, since Americans are incredibly charitable, it's important that we employ better planning when it comes to giving to charity. Here are just a few ways to do just that. Now, some Americans want to give to charity, but struggle to find just the right charity. Well, struggle no more. Introducing donor-advised funds. Just what is a donor-advised fund? Well, let's see what my trusty resource, Investopedia, has to say about them. A donor-advised fund is a private fund administered by a third party, 
and created for the purpose of managing charitable donations on behalf of an organization, a family, or an individual. Well, that's a good start to what a donor-advised fund is. Let me provide an additional explanation as to why they are so great. A donor-advised fund is an investment account that you set up yourself to hold your donations. You will receive a tax deduction for this contribution. But here's what's great about them. You don't have to decide until later who gets to receive the money. You can let the money grow until you find the charity that is best aligned with your values. If you want to give, but at the moment just not sure to whom, then a donor advised fund makes a lot of sense. Donor advised funds can accept non-cash assets as well as stocks, mutual funds, bonds, and even S&C Corp stock. Now, donor advised funds are quite popular as there are over a million of these accounts holding over $159 billion worth of assets in 2020. That's according to the National Philanthropic Trust. Now, while a donor advised fund can be an incredibly powerful vehicle for charitable contributions, the fact that they can receive stock provides an introduction to another powerful way to give to either a donor advised fund directly or directly to a charity itself. Now, while some might think it's best to sell appreciated assets and give the money to charity, a way better way is to not sell the asset at all and instead give the stock or other appreciated asset directly to the charity. I'll explain why using an example. Now, let's say you own stock in a company ABC and you paid $10,000 for the stock and it's now worth $20,000. Now, you could sell the stock and pay taxes on the gain and give the remaining proceeds to charity or a donor-advised fund. Now, a much better way is to give the $20,000 of ABC stock directly to the charity or to the donor-advised fund. The charity will receive significantly more, and as a bonus, you'll receive a larger charitable donation because of it that could offset some of your other taxes. Both the charity and the individual wins. The charity in turn can sell the stock and won't have to pay taxes as a nonprofit organization. Now, that's a great way to give non-qualified, also known as non-retirement investments to charity. What if you wanted to give some of your retirement money to charity instead? Is there a better way to do so? Absolutely. Introducing Qualified Charitable Distributions. Again, let's go to Investopedia for an initial explanation. A qualified charitable distribution is a tax-free donation from your individual retirement account to a qualified charity. Now, you must be of RMD age or older to make a qualified charitable distribution. That current age is 70 and a half. Now, a qualified charitable distribution is not included in your taxable income. Now, you can't deduct a QCD from your taxes, but the savings on your income may still make the kind of donation a tax-savvy move. Now, a qualified charitable distribution counts toward satisfying your required minimum distributions. Now, this is a great strategy for people that don't want or need their RMDs. That may surprise you, but I have a few clients that just don't want their required minimum distributions. They ask me, do I have to take it? And they do because if they don't, there's a huge 50% tax penalty. But there is a much better way. With a qualified charitable distribution, also known as a QCD, it will satisfy a person's RMDs 
that they don't want, and they can give the full amount to charity. Like the previous example with donating stocks, you're able to give the full amount to charity and not be taxed. For example, if a 75-year-old has an RMD of $10,000 for 2023, they could give that full amount directly to charity. If they instead took the distribution themselves, they would have to pay taxes on the distribution and then give the remainder to charity. However, it's really important that QCDs go directly from the IRA account to the charity. Clients can be provided a specific checkbook just for their QCDs that is payable from their IRA accounts that allow them to make those direct contributions. While there isn't a deduction for these contributions, it's a great way to give to charities with unwanted retirement funds you are required to take. There are certainly other ways to give to charity, but giving via donor-advised funds, appreciated assets such as stock or real estate, or giving unneeded RMDs to charity, these are wonderful ways to use your money to make a significant difference for the causes you care about most. Well, hopefully I was able to show that even when it comes to charity, better planning can help others have a better life. Well, thank you again for listening, and I hope you found this helpful. Now on to the tips, tricks, and strategies portion of the podcast. Welcome to today's tips, tricks, and strategies portion of the podcast, where I'll share a strategy on a way to give to charity that helps both the charity and yourself. In 2017, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act was passed. This doubled what is called the standard deduction. As a reminder, the standard deduction is the amount of income on which you pay 0% in taxes. For a single person in 2023, the level of income is just under $14,000 that has 0% taxes applied. For those that file their taxes together, that level of income is just under $28,000. Prior to the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, these levels were much, much lower. With a higher standard deduction, far fewer American taxpayers ended up itemizing their deductions. To give you an idea of its effect, in 2013, according to the Tax Foundation, 30% of households itemized their deductions. And in 2019, which was after the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act was passed, only 13.7% of taxpayers itemized. Now, you might be asking, why is this relevant to charitable contributions? Well, let me explain the difference between itemized deductions and the standardized deduction. The standardized deduction is the default amount of income that is taxed at 0%. But the government allows even more of your income to be taxed at 0% if the total of certain other deductions are higher than the standard amount. Now, the three biggest deductions for itemizing are state and local taxes, which are currently capped at 10000 The other one is interest on your mortgage. And the third item is charitable contributions. Now, if the total of these three amounts are higher than the standard deduction, then more of your income would be taxed at 0%. For example, let's say a couple had $10,000 in state and local taxes, $10,000 in mortgage interest, and $10,000 in charitable contributions. They would have a total of $30,000 in itemized deductions. Since that is higher than the standard deduction of just under $28,000, 
they would take the itemized deduction amount. But what if this couple instead planned to give $5,000 to charity this year and $5,000 next year? Well, they would have had $10,000 in state and local taxes, $10,000 in mortgage interest, and $5,000 in charitable contributions, which would be below the standard deduction because it would have totaled $25,000. Now, they wouldn't get a tax break on their charitable contributions. Not that we give to charity for the deduction. We do it so we can make a difference in the lives of others. But if we could also get a tax break, well, that's a nice bonus. What could this couple do? Well, they could combine their charitable contributions in one year. Instead of giving $5,000 this year and $5,000 next, they could give $10,000 this year. That would then raise their itemized deductions over the standard deduction threshold, allowing them to help both the charity and themselves. They'd have $30,000 one year and would itemize and have $20,000 the next and they'd take the standard deduction. Now that may sound complicated for some, but to give to charity and save on taxes, it requires some deft planning. Paying less taxes doesn't happen by accident, but rather through proactive and long-term planning. Again, I hope you found this helpful. And remember, you can help others have a better life by employing better planning when it comes to giving. Have a great one. Thank you for listening. And until next time, remember that no one builds wealth by accident. If you want to learn more about how to build wealth to retire early, head on over to my website at betterplanningbetterlife.com. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. There is no assurance that the techniques and strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. The purchase of certain securities may be required to affect some of the strategies. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Economic forecasts set forth may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee that strategies promoted will be successful. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Individual tax and legal matters should be discussed with your tax or legal professional. Johnny West is a registered representative with and securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC.